This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by ChasingArtwork.com with new artwork and books updated regularly. Go to ChasingArtwork.com to see more. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I'm here with my eternally suffering co-host, Justin Curry, and our excellent and uh, newly haircutted <laughs> producer, Dan Looking Bad fresh. Sure. Yeah. Looking I, so uh, fresh. I have a, one of the things I do with my students is I encourage them to look for errors in the world, in the real world. Mistakes called, well, I stole the name from another instructor or colleague, Spot the Screw-Up. So when you're in the real world, look for mistakes and, you know, it happens all the time. What does this have to do with your haircut? It looks great. Because I'm, I'm getting to it. Um, <laughs> Because, uh, so, so they do have to do this for bonus marks, and, and the, the goal is to teach them to pay attention to the world around them to see how things can, can go wrong. And so I have been, you know, and I've already trained my eye to look for this stuff. I see it everywhere, so I, I'm finding this stuff left, right, and center, and I'm trying to encourage the students to do it, so I'm doing it too. And I found, uh, I was at my haircut place getting my haircut. Um, I don't want to name them because I'll shame them because they had a very bad typo in a sign Oh no! Um, mm. So uh, as I was getting my hair cut, I very like they had a sign up, and the sign was about how you keep masks and all that other stuff. It was about the COVID situation, right? And I'm like, oh, it was just a, it was a very first word. So considering it's a considering, and it was just a blatant typo in the very first word. Considering, I'm like, guys, uh, whatever. Anyway, is that perhaps we could make it a word now? Considering, yeah, like when your co-host is considering something yeah, and you can see their face. Like Justin has We're a considering, considering face right now. That's right, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, I will say a spot to screw up. This is a um, this is a bit shaming, but they I think they're doing fine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Shout out to a new episode where a character who has only one hand for half of the episode appears in the rest of the episode with the other hand wearing a green glove <laughs> okay wow. right the rest of the last half of the episode they didn't bother to do the special effects oh they just the character had two hands now and one of them was in a green glove because it's supposed to be digitally removed so oh, spot the screw up even um well-produced excellent well-paid people in positions of power and authority make mistakes there was a shot in the mandalorian last season some of the, uh, one of the Where you could see the green by. or the blue or something? No, it was just a caught a, caught a crew member or something a uh, split mm. second, and, and they, they cut it. So once somebody pointed it out, they, they went back and took it out. But there, it definitely was in there. And we've seen, like, water bottles and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, all yeah right? And that yeah. happens yeah. all the time. There's just yeah, so many yeah. details. It's difficult to keep track of everything. Yeah. yeah. Right? I remember the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I thought was spotting a screw-up, where... The uh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the actress's name, but the character's name is Tasha Yar. The turbo lift doors are closing, and she waves as if to a crew member off camera, but I didn't understand that shows were released in episodes different than how they were made when I was young, and that was her last shot in the show ever. Oh. The episode later, she ends up dying, spoiler alert, and so this was her farewell to the viewers, waving literally. Oh. And so it was mm. never corrected because they, they left it left in. It in. Yeah. So they brought her back as a Romulan, which was really weird. Yeah, that was such Romulan a cool, yeah the Because I think she twist. regretted leaving. Think, yes. <laughs> there was a contract dispute there, and she regrets not staying on. I think the so. The time twist episodes yeah. where she comes back are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about 
I mean, actually, <laughs> I do. I do want to talk about TNG. Star Trek. Maybe we should start a new podcast. But instead, what I want to talk about is a different time twist. A different time twist. How are you going to attach this? I'm going to attach it like this. <laughs> Normally, in the normal intact timeline, Calgary Comic Con will come along. Justin and I will spend days dismantling the studio and packing as much of it into the back of a vehicle as we can and then driving across the country. But 13 have, hour drive. We even have a podcast episode in which you guys recorded yourselves. That's right. Yes. Podcast number. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, we have to do some research. Uh, this year, there was an alternate timeline. Tell us about it, Justin. Yeah. So recently in Manitoba, our event numbers were quite low. And like the event numbers, I mean, um, our cases were under 100 kind of things. Things were starting to open up. Um, so one of the local events that I ended up going to was the, uh, the Winnipeg Night Market at Assiniboine Downs. And I signed up for this just because it was, um, you had to be double vaxxed to go. It was mass mandatory. It was a tiny, half of it was outdoors, some of it was indoors. And I was just kind of dying to not only do a show, but just to make sure I still know, knew how to do a show. Do a show. And so I signed up for that, and it was like an exciting blip on my horizon. I actually have an event where I could go and sell things in person. And like the I, deadline. I have a new, yeah, I have a deadline. I have a new graphic novel that's never, I've never sold in person. I've got all this new artwork I need to print and put in a portfolio. And around the same time, uh, the Calgary convention, which usually happens in April, was advertising that they wanted to do a limited edition event in September. And, and for some context... Those of you who are international, in Canada, our provinces, Manitoba is where we live, but Alberta is where this show happens, and their government said, everything's great, everything's open, we're going to have the best summer ever. And this was at that point. Everything was going pretty so well. don't blame Justin. He <laughs> believed what the people told him. Um. So, yeah, they, they were going to do limited passes, so only 25,000 people could attend the event, and this is usually like a 100,000-plus yeah. person event. Limited Artist Alley, you know, like they had all these things kind of put Plans in place. For the tables to be more spaced. I saw yeah. a number of those correspondences. This is at the same time that the Megacon in Orlando is happening. Well, Florida's numbers are the highest in the world. Yeah. They're having a normal convention, right? So I'm starting to get like a little bit of FOMOs. Like I'm not planning on doing this Calgary show, but like, ugh. And right. so I reach out to my good friend, Drake, also known as Quirkylicious, who has been on the show episode yeah this one is just a joke i don't i don't think you should be doing um so i'm i'm on uh on the phone with drake and i'm like um are you doing this calgary show and he's like no i wasn't planning on doing it like even though he's local i assumed he'd be doing it i'm like okay okay good because like i i'd have a lot of you know fear of missing out if all my friends were at the show and i wasn't and i was kind of thinking about it but i don't think it's the right thing to do so okay i'm glad you're not doing it either and then i talked to another friend of ours waleed um who was on his way to orlando to do the megacon yeah and then he was also really excited about the calgary show and we started talking about what the vibe is going to be at shows and he's it was his thoughts and kind of mine as well that 
the people who are going, it's not going to be as well attended as before, but the people who are going are the people that have been pent up, really excited about conventions, and they're also, you know... Fandom is in their blood. They and the people who are really fandomy and nerdy usually have those jobs where they stay inside indoors already like they're the safest as far as oh interesting thought right like they're not the ones going out to bars they're the ones who are taking things seriously and staying indoors and working from generalization home. if you are a pretty cool nerd the, who also <laughs> attends these bars i'm going to a bar in a, in a couple of nights <gasps> just 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 the conversation <laughs> Whatever. Well, send for your... the remainder of this podcast, Justin will be looking down his nose at the rest of. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my god! Send your hate mail to Nico Rudolph. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! So, anyways, he just kind of got me like. Now I'm like I'm leaning towards. Oh well, you know, Calgary is a drive. I wouldn't be in an airport. I I'd you know like it's it's close enough. It's it's far enough away. Like maybe the landscape will be even better. Like infection number wise. Like, ugh. keep so, in mind too. Alberta is advertising heavily at this time that they're open, that people can come and do things, that everything's safe. But they did no that because their numbers to. were so low, yes, right? right? Like it was it was a good time. Yeah. So I phoned Drake back. I know I Drake then messages me out of the blue after like a week or two of really being in turmoil about this. Wait, Justin's going and I'm not going? And then he messaged me like, hey, you're coming, right? Because you asked me about that Calgary show, so I signed up. <laughs> and so now Drake is going, and he's basically like, you have, like, you're staying with me, right? We finally get to hang out after two years of not seeing each right. other. We're both double-vaxxed. Re- yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for you to come out. I'm so now I'm really... And then, which is usually a bit of a red flag, the Fan Expo was calling people to try to fill the artist alley. Oh, yeah, I, they, got, I got contacted a few times. Yeah, like, they called. Can you come? Would you like a table? And no. so the first time they called, I said, no, I don't feel comfortable with it. And then the second time they called, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of want a table. Send me the forms. And so, again, this was when the numbers were low, but I was kind of excited about it. So, I, yeah, I signed up for the Calgary show, and... I was kind of low-key about it, like, in part because I wasn't sure if I, I should be doing this, and the other part because I thought there was a very good chance it was going to be cancelled. Yeah, right. Because a lot of events... And I so wanted to go, been. but I just, I have, uh, you know, a person in the household that can't be vaccinated yet. They're just too young, and so I just, and I, out of an abundance of caution, just said no. I also purposely didn't tell you because I thought you might be disappointed in me for going. <laughs> no, well, it's funny <laughs> when we were talking about it, you had hinted at it, and I said to Tara, it's funny you say that, because I, I, it was either a text exchange or maybe it was one of our Zoom calls or whatever, where I was like, I'm pretty sure Justin's going to the Calgary show. And Tara's like, oh, yeah, did he tell you that in the call or whatever? And I was like, no, I just feel like he's not telling me because he thinks I'll be disappointed. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but it was like, it was very last minute. Like, I think I signed up, like... It was, it was very close to the event. So at that point, I was probably humming and hawing, but I yeah. hadn't signed up. Yeah. Um, and that became apparent when I got to the show. Um, a lot of the artist alley tables weren't filled. So on like the second day when I walked around, it was a, you know, probably a fifth the size of what the normous, normal artist alley was. And about 10% of it was empty, like blank tables. And it was probably even worse because 
when you see a blank table beside you and nobody shows up all day, you take that over. Yeah, the right? unspoken rule is that unless an organizer says no, this is taken, people tend to spread up. And they don't yeah. ask; they just take it. They just take it. I would yeah. want. I would want somebody to ask me. You'd want someone to ask you, but yeah. in a, uh, in that environment, it's people tend not to. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. So how long do they give before you start expanding? If they don't, if they're not, they're not there by noon. Usually by the start of the second day, oh, it's okay. yeah. That's that's fair then. If they're not going to be yeah. there, and and kind of like the benefit to like both people in an artist alley when you see a bunch of empty tables, you might not go down that aisle, right? It's like oh, there's only like four artists instead yeah. of ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it looks bad for the show when there's a bunch of artists. So a lot empty of shows tables let it slide. And, Some shows, yeah. I think, was it Chicago where I took over a table next to me and they came back and they said that person didn't show up. Well, you can take it over. We'll give it to you for half. Oh, right. oh like, Same hey, thing. Oh, like thank you. We want to fill it. They right? want a double dip is what they want, right? Yeah. Like, we want to get paid twice for this. That's what I said. I was like, well, someone already paid for it, right? And they're not here. So I guess, uh, you know, whatever. So, um, so it was, uh, I did the drive by myself, and it's a 13-hour drive. And I did listen to Stephen King, The Outsider, while I drove, which oh. was something that Greg and I usually do. Yeah. Um, Stephen King, but we usually only get about half of the novel because I sleep right while you're driving, and then you then I'll wake up and Justin will catch me up on what I missed in the book, <laughs> and then he'll go to sleep and I'll listen, and then when he wakes up I catch him up, and so, we listen to a book half at a time. Yeah, because I didn't have to be like. Yeah, usually I'll be um, considerate about what I'm listening to, right? Yeah. Like, if you're not around, I'm not going to listen ahead on the book or whatever. Yeah. But I listened to it while I was setting up and taking down and, like, going for walks or whatever. So I got through the entire book by the time I arrived back in Winnipeg on the drive back. Um, but, okay, so the show was, yeah, about a fifth of what the normal show usually is. And one of the reasons I was really excited about going was I, I wanted to see all these artist friends that I hadn't seen in a while, and I was super excited about all the new stuff that they should have done. The iron sharpens iron. Right, right, because, yeah, nothing gets me more fired up than seeing somebody who's, like, improved in leaps and bounds and done new stuff and done exciting things. And I was a little let down by the lack of new stuff like across the board in Artist Alley, everybody looked like they pretty much just dusted off pre-COVID suitcases and showed up with like no discernible difference in their booth from pre-lockdown right. to now. And you made an observation too, um, which I think is important to bring up, that many people were in a position where when shows canceled, they had to scramble for other jobs. Yes. Right? So that, you know... So he let you off the hook when he, when you weren't on the podcast. <laughs> there, there were a couple of people that I know for a fact that wasn't like they did, they did have every opportunity to, to buckle down and get new stuff done and didn't. And I was especially disappointed in them, but other than, you they, want to name some names? Oh, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Quirkalicious and I cleaned up at that show because we were one of the few that have been, working at really been able to lucky enough to work at our booths throughout this break and have so much new content and everybody that came were like the die hard regulars that are there every year right. so if they're um, your if they're already one of your uh 80 people then they're 
like they have your work. Already. I think ninety nine percent of my purchases were regular. Were people who had bought in the past. I don't think I saw a single new person that had never seen me before. It was everybody who'd seen me in the past. Like like we said, it was the diehards coming, and they you know were ready to spend. And the other thing that I always find kind of great as an artist, but is terrible for attendees, is a ton of the guests canceled last minute. Yeah. No. But. <laughs> they didn't, though. They didn't. I think we know what really is going on. So um, I was mentioning, when you came back with this story, Gates McFadden, uh, this is our Star Trek uh, mentioning episode, I suppose. Gates McFadden, who played Wesley, Cr- or Wesley Crusher, <laughs> Beverly <laughs> Crusher, on uh, Next Generation, was tweeting that, you know, hey, shows that are advertising as if I am present, I canceled months ago, so stop telling people two days before I show up. Yeah. That yeah. happens way too much. Yeah. I've been working at the convention, and, and well, I'll just say it. It was at C4. Gary, Gary Busey was supposed to be there and his son, and they didn't show. I don't know if that was ever a thing. Right. But I had people coming into the theater looking for Gary Busey, and I'm like, oh, he canceled. I'm sorry. Yeah. And they were very upset because they didn't know because I didn't tell people. And many guests who have agents, right, who are on top of that stuff, yep. cancel yep. well in advance. Yep. I almost feel like, is it part of when you sign up to the convention in the contract, it's like we can control the announcement of your cancellation. I don't know. It so even though you canceled months before, we are not going to announce it until three days before the show because we don't want to lose those tickets. Yeah, and then they also have this thing, many shows, uh, where if it's a day or two before and you're like, oh, well, that's the reason I was going, I don't want to go. If it's within 48 or 72 hours, you can't refund your ticket. Now it's even, it's longer than that because that was, so this show was doing a lot of that where they, and they were even more sneaky about it. They would do some kind of announcement about the gaming area is going to be over here and doing this. And then the last line of the post that you had to click read more to see, oh, by the way, Dr. Who's canceled. He's not going to be there anymore. So it was like a little subheading, right. like underneath, like what they were so actually they could posting. Say that they said it, but they, but I mean, there's the other side. Like, of course, if you're trying to run the business and you know it's gonna, and you know how vitriolic social media is, right? You have to play. Oh man, that is not a situation I'd want to be in as a showrunner. They also did it one at a time. Like, I'm sure. Like, why oh, didn't they announce everyone? these five guests have canceled. Instead, it was like every two days they'd announce a cancellation, like right. like clockwork, right? Like they right. pre-scheduled them. Then it looks like everybody's, what doesn't want to do your Jump show. ship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this place sucks. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all the if you are interested in conventions or doing shows or whatever and you don't follow uh, Kevin Boyd on uh, B-O-Y-D on Facebook, he is one of the guest organizers. He is 100% transparent. If you check his posts, they are organized, they are meticulous, they are transparent, there is no subterfuge whatsoever. And uh, so I find that so refreshing, right? Like I don't think there's a... I mean, I guess the instinct is we want to make people, we want, we, you know, we're, people aren't going to come if the, if the guest isn't going to be here. But I don't know that that's true. When I've talked to people about why they come to conventions, a lot of them will say, sure, I'm going to come for this guest. But there's also other reasons. Right, of course. Artists and artists are yeah. I want to see my friends get together. And that kind of stuff is, and of course, you know, people haven't had a chance to do that in a long time. So there's this kind of fear of missing out of going yeah. to these things. But I think that... Um, 
those tactics of like not telling people the guest is canceled, it's not effective now in this no. day and age because people. I think the reason people aren't going and how many? What was the, the attendance? Do you know? Uh, t- I do. I don't know if it was twenty five thousand across. The, yeah, I think twenty five thousand across the four days. Right. And so they're counting the same ticket. More yeah. than I'm that. not. Yeah, I'm not sure how that. Yeah, it, it's fine. I, yeah. I don't mind that, but I, I mean, I'm surely not. It's probably not what it can be and what it has been in right. the past. Because we're not ready yet. A lot of yeah. people aren't ready yet. I wasn't ready, you know, and I well, love I shows. Either. That's why we're not doing fan quests. Like, yeah. like the um, the con here, Winnipeg Comic Con, that's, that's apparently still happening. I have not heard anything to the contrary. They did announce. I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but I will say I'm disappointed that I've asked some direct questions about their COVID policies and have gotten no yeah, well, anything. They're very, yeah, they're not, they're, they're not, they haven't worked it out yet, I don't think. No, <laughs> the COVID but policy. that's what I want them to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want. Yeah, again, be upfront, be I need transparency yes. so that if they're like, we can't decide until this date, then I can plan my attendance around that maybe. But if I'm being told, you know, like you need to have a reliable amount of communication when you're asking for, you know, in our cases, thousands of dollars for booth spaces, yeah. right? Uh, and you're not giving me a straight answer about whether or not kids that are not vaccinated will be attending the show. That's an important piece of information and if they don't know the answer rather than say nothing crickets and just invoices being sent if they can send me an invoice they can send me an email mm-hmm. right right uh, <laughs> they can, yeah they ask for money but attached to that email right <laughs> then what you do is you simply say we haven't made our decision and here's why it's a complicated moving target i know that to be true mm-hmm. but if i were to find out later that they did know and didn't tell me and the reason they didn't tell me is so that i'd pay well you've lost a an exhibitor for life, essentially. And I kind of feel like one of the reasons why they're being silent on it right now is because they don't want to... It's such a such a divisive topic right now. I don't want to get into it, but um, the vaccine versus no vaccine, they're not saying either way because they don't want to alienate anybody who might feel the other way about sure, it, right? Right, they're, but then they're putting dollars before people's right, well-being. Exactly. That's a not, never a good policy. So, I, yeah, I, I agree. I wish they would be more upfront about it. I think that I think they can have an event. I think that's, you know, if, if they do it properly, it would right. be great. But we're waiting. Like, FanQuest is not going to be around until at least the spring. And I'm waiting to make sure because yeah. I want when I want FanQuest to come back, I want it to be everybody back. I want it to be the way it was right. as much as we can. So I'm, gonna, I'm waiting, hoping the spring we'll be able to do it. But look, yeah. I don't know yet. I just don't know. Because Edmonton canceled. I know they canceled right after the numbers went yeah. through the... You know, they're it's in a not, medical emergency now. Everybody was gearing up. And I, I, you know, I kind of don't blame Alberta for doing that. Like, I understand that now they kind of look like idiots for, for saying that... that uh, Best they, summer ever. Everything's yeah. open. Yeah. But for I those of you who too, don't know like the punchline... I was like, it's over. It's over. Yeah. The numbers are going down. It's, we're going to come back. And I did feel it at the same time. So right. I, do, I do sympathize with that. But yeah, it's still, still too soon. We're not ready yet. Yeah, but anyway, sure. so what else happened at the con? At the con? Well, yeah, Alberta sh- locked down four days after the show, so I made it back to Winnipeg in time for the yeah. province to go into full lockdown. Yeah. And I waited two weeks before I'd be in a room with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I brought up that the Winnipeg show was apparently happening, and no other artists, and these are like the full time artist alley people. Nobody knew that it was still happening, right. so it is off everybody's radar. They're not doing any kind of advertising or push because, again, I don't think they know what's going on. So they're being tight lipped about yeah. everything. Now, if somebody who 
is at the Winnipeg show, organizing the new show. The show was bought by, I believe, the people who run Montreal Comic Con. Montreal and Ottawa. Montreal. I'm not sure what major comics. If one of those people listens to this podcast or someone who works with them or volunteers, or whatever, who knows more and feels like we're mischaracterizing their communication, feel free to reach out. We will uh, <laughs> state a retraction, right? I just feel like we're being left, you know, as local creatives who normally support our local show in an enormous way we're being left with no way to make a decision yeah and i it's yeah it's so tough and i it, i i just don't agree this i i do again i sympathize with the organizers because i feel it i feel yeah. the pain but it's always better to be clear and upfront which reminds me i should email all the vendors for FanQuest, which i haven't <laughs> done for a while so. right that bright eyes is remarkable he keeps trying to form words you know what they say human see human do yeah. Justin, what's the kind of email that you would want from a show? What is the correspondence you'd want if they were going to do, as Dan is saying, to wait until people can all come together and make it like it was? What's some added value that we could send to those people? Because I love FanQuest, right? Maybe we could do something to like, you know. Uh, Icon actually did a really good one. Ah, that's true. Where no. they just, it was a short little like, hey, we miss you all. We won't be doing anything in 2021. We will update you when things are happening in 2022. Have a great year. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's it. It it wasn't like a big long Yeah, the first thing. sentence was like, I know how hard the year has been for many of you or something. Like it was just right. something as simple as like, we're humans too. Also, it was like, don't worry about us until later. It was like, just kind of weight off my mind. Like, I don't yeah. have to worry about like, do, do I need to be getting tables? Is anything happening? Is it like... When shows send updates that's like a, a huge amount, like I'm, I'm signed up on like 30 different Comic-Cons, like newsletters and stuff like that, right? So if it's a ton of information, I usually kind of gloss over it. But if it's Too just long, a, didn't read. Right, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, if you're not doing anything this year, just tell me, check back next year. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just a little blip. Yeah. The yeah, Phoenix so. show sent a thing saying their 2022 show was canceled. And that's all it said. You know, we've canceled it out of an abundance of caution. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll let you know when it's open. Your table has been rolled over. Don't worry. No further action necessary. Mm -hmm. Right? So those kinds of correspondence. That, that has been nice. That was my original fear when, when the event occurred that, uh, like, we have all this money reserving tables all over the place and how many conventions are going to fold up and run away with people's money, right? A few, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah, it hasn't happened to, to us. Everybody's been really good about just rolling table yeah. things forward. Uh, we should have um, Brian and Jillian on, on the podcast. I think Ron and Indy, too. There's some great horror stories about um, shows in Ontario run by, like, a con man who... Yeah, Comic-Con <laughs> run by a con man. <laughs> Mean to do that. Who basically like set up a convention, <laughs> half filled it up with people, promised guests that were apparently never even contacted, and then just disappeared with all the money. Oh, like poof. just vanished. Right. Don't do this if you're listening. <laughs> this is this is wrong. It's a literal kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to make a shout out to the one show, no offense, FanQuest, that my kids are the most sad didn't happen in this lockdown, and it's the local Enercon. Oh, yeah. Is my kids' favorite 
event because it's a small show it's all transformers themed and like mm-hmm. transformer enthusiasts yeah, emphasis yeah. on enthusiasts Ro- I think robert isn't the name of the organizer i believe but shout out to Intercon. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually every two years. Like, it's a small show, so they don't go back to the well too often, you know. It's, but, you know, we would have had one if not, so. Yeah, they do a lot of good work with that. They have the voice actors that play a lot of, a lot of the roles in Transformers things. Um, I've never been, actually. I should go. I will definitely go to the next mm-hmm. one. I'm a fan of Transformers. My kids are not, but I will go anyway. Yeah. I like the Transformers. So. Yeah, so, so overall, what would you say was your experience if you were going to rate it um emotionally let's do emotional first what's your emotional rating for returning to a show Mm. and then returning home so i think like the fan interaction um was very fulfilling like seeing being able to sell to people again being able to show off the new books like that was always that was that was a very fulfilling experience and, and something i missed one thing i noticed was um my social endurance. Holy crap. After a day and a half, I was more mentally exhausted than like at the end of five days of San yeah, Diego, you right? Me from the show, uh, Justin sends me this message that says like, it's only the end of the first day and it feels like the last day of New York Comic Con. Like <laughs> this, you know, social fatigue is totally real, right? What is going on? Right. The, just the social part of my brain is atrophied. I only talk to a handful of people for a small amount, you know, like, and now I'm interacting with hundreds of people back to back to back. And it was like, yeah, um, way more exhausting than, than it had been in the past. So that, that social endurance was, uh, was definitely not there. Um, and yeah, the, I think the, the only disappointing part was I, I'm used to, yeah, even, even the vendors, the vendors didn't have anything new. All they, all they seemed to have done was roll out whatever they had left over from pre-COVID and put it up again. Did they look happy? Did no, look like, like it was... Like it was like, it's the best I can do, or was it like... Uh, the vendor's room felt like a garage sale, not like a... Oh, no. Nothing exciting. Um, and, and some artists, like the artists as well, it was, um, it was not the fired-up competitive like inspiration that I was kind of hoping for, but I understand the whys... Um, but usually Calgary gets me like the most fired up seeing, can I ask you a dystopian question? Yeah. So we, for, uh, for, you can see previous episodes, but we've talked a lot about what if shows don't continue? We've Mm -hmm. been sort of making sort of preparations in the background to say like, you know, there's an ebb and flow of how consumers work and sometimes things fall out of favor. And so we'd been putting some things in motion in case there were no more conventions to go to. Uh, and then, of course, the lockdown happened, and so a bunch of stuff that we had put in place then worked out for us in some regards, so we didn't know we were planning for that specifically. Do you think there's a chance that there just won't be more shows? No, they'll come we back. We might be three, five years from real shows. It might take a while, but yeah. they'll come back, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll take longer yeah. than we thought. Certainly longer than I thought it was going to be. I mm-hmm. thought everything was going to be back this year and be back to normal, but... So clearly this is going to be longer than we thought. And yeah, a couple of years, I feel, mm-hmm. will be until. But I do think they will come back. People love them too much. Yeah, yeah. we do love it's them. Such a, it's such a great experience gathering, people getting together, exploring and, and celebrating the fandoms. It's, it's awesome. I love yeah, it. it is awesome. And I do miss them very much. Yeah. There were some great conversations with a couple um, artists. Um, and I kind of I feel 
similar is we figured out how to um, do well without conventions. And so now being able to do a convention like that is just the icing on the cake, but we are still making our art and doing our things and have found venues to make an income that didn't revolve around the Comic-Con. Um, so that's, I, I feel so lucky that, that, uh, yeah, I'm sustainable without the trade shows. So if there is trade shows now having both those barrels firing, goodness, could be amazing. super exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll also say that you've said many times that your training as a graphic designer and your ability to think in uh, like small business terms rather than just like fine art terms is one of those things that made those moves. But you also were surrounded by people at shows who, you know, like, um, uh, Yuki, no, Jeb. Jed. Jed. Jed's stuff where he just, you know, thinks of it in a small business framework, right? Mm -hmm. These become your peers. And then we start to think, uh, how do you take an existing thing that already works and give it to people? Right. As opposed to what a fine artist might do, which is pour their heart and soul into a piece and then hope it goes up in a gallery and then wait five years. And then someone finally purchases it. And then, you know, you can't make a living doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people do, but it's very hard to have any predictable uh, income. So, you know, all these things are paying off. Mm -hmm. Right. You didn't know that you were preparing for the apocalypse, but it turned out. That. Turned out. Yeah, turned out that you would. Well, this has been Super Pulp Science, where we got to talk to Justin about a return to shows in the middle of no shows. What a great showing. Mixed bag. <laughs> Mixed bag. <laughs> this is Gregory Kamichuk encouraging you to join the fight and make comics. <laughs>